This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. A lot has happened since that day at Wembley where Luton, of course, secured promotion to the Premier League. Fortunately, not too much has happened with the ball at feet because we're in the summer transfer window period now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. That's what we're going to discuss today. We're also going to take a look at the release of the Premier League fixtures. It still feels very weird to say that. Also today, we have a Oak Road Hatter debut. Kieran Robertson, how are, you go- how are you getting on today, sir? Not too bad, boys. I mean, we're in the Premier League and you've made a Premier League addition to the pod. Buzzing a beer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Jamie, how are you getting on today? Yeah, good. Um, hey, if the season has firmly started, it's, it's nice to see that the, uh, the the ego from Kieran hasn't hasn't shrunk through coming on the pod. Um, but no, I mean, we've, we've been a lot more active in, in the transfer market than Luton so far. One outgoing, one incoming. Um, watch, watch the space for more, eh? That's it. And Stephen, how about you? I'm kind of dying in this heat, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've actually summed it all up. Hay fever, heat. This weird rain that's been going on, it's just all a bit confusing at this moment in time. What's not confusing is Luton Town being in the Premier League and we've had the fixtures come out. It's so exciting. Um, I think we've all spoken about it so far and, and the general feeling is, without going into detail just yet, it's a decent enough start. It's a decent enough running. Um, it's a lot to be excited about. But, but going to the very start, the first game... First game of Luton, Premier League, whatever, is is Brighton and Hove Albion away. A day on the seaside. Who's looking forward to it? Buzzing. Absolutely. Can't. Buzzing. Yeah, can't wait. And 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 you said about it not being confusing. I think it is quite confusing that we're still in the Premier League, to be honest, mate. Um I thought I thought I thought seeing the fixture this might make it sink in, but it actually made it a little bit more surreal just seeing I mean that December okay, we'll, we'll come on to that. But just seeing those teams in in December, the back to back homes that that we've got coming up in December's, um, it, yeah, it's just crazy. But no, Brighton home, uh, Brighton away first. They're on the seaside hotel already booked. Um, it's going to be a, a, a very good start to the season from a fan perspective. Uh, a, a tough start from a footballing perspective. We all know what they did last season, and you expect them to to, to kick on again next year. But a, a game that, it, I mean, it, it isn't a United or a City or, or, or an Arsenal, right? So it's 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 a, a nicer game than than it, it could have been in terms of going away to the Etihad day one would have been um, a nightmare. Would have been 
bottom of the table with minus five or more goal difference. But no, f- thankfully, it's, it's, it, it hopefully won't be a game like that. Stephen, nine o'clock in the morning on Thursday. What were your what were your first thoughts when you seen BHA away? Human, can't lie. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've said it a lot. I'm, I'm on holiday in Scotland that week, so um, I've had to change my uh, my plans to uh, come home on the Friday or start travelling back on the Friday. I was praying for a uh, Newcastle away or something, so uh, it could be like you know halfway halfway down, uh, go go to the away game, but. In, in all honesty, you can't ask for a better away day than that, really. Like, it's not it's not one of the big boys, but it's like, you know, as we said, a day out at the, beat, uh, the seaside. Um, Brighton is, I, I think it's a brilliant place as well. Um, I think it's going to be brilliant. And then I think I've heard, like, the uh, travel to the ground is subsidised or free if you've got a match ticket um, from the from the, the station or, you know, from, from the town. So it's like, you know, that, that's going to be pretty good as well, if that's true. And so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was I, I was a bit upset at the start, but like in, in reality, it's going to be a brilliant day. Well, when did you book the aforementioned holiday, Stephen? Oh, this is this is a, a family holiday that's booked every year. So, um, or okay. every two years. So it's, it's, it's always, it's always booked, but um, I always try and, uh, say can we book it for july rather than august okay. um but at the same time we've got a, a child to think about with school time so uh, we yeah. can't i can't be too selfish but you know yeah yeah i was gonna say if it was booked after may the 27th I'll, i would have had no sympathy for you but, but but i'll let you off i'd say the turn of the year would have been the cut-off point <laughs> it was all gonna happen it was all gonna happen past <laughs> Hey, look, I've not, I've not made, I, I didn't make any concrete plans, and I, and I was like saying to my family and my missus, until, until we know where Luton are playing, I can't make any concrete plans. And then it was like, oh, okay, we're Premier League now, so I can't make any concrete plans until the, uh, the fixtures come out. So yeah, I'm happy it's now sorted. So. I feel like I've been saying that line like for the last two weeks. If anyone asks me anything beyond July, I'm like. Mm, I'll get back to you. And that's just been the common consensus. And now we are actually here and have the games. I'm like, yeah, we need to, this isn't happening. <laughs> booked out. I'm booked out until 2024. I, 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 booked I, I, out I, until I, the Champions League next year. I just love that you boys are finally coming around to my to my mindset. I feel like I've been doing that for the last three or four years. That I, Until I know what's happened between August and May, my, my diary is free. And I think my mum keeps getting pissed off with trying to book sort of various family get-togethers or holidays. I'm like, no, mum, until I know what happens August to May, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fully booked or, or I'm, I'm fully free until I know what, what to book, book in. And, and now it's quite funny seeing my dad be like this the last couple of weeks. And I think um, I think mum's finally given up in terms of trying to book anything beyond August the 12th until obviously last Thursday. So it's, um, nah, you, you've got to enjoy it. I feel like we've not... Um spoken about your mum's reaction when your dad must have got back to Santorini post Wembley because I bet that deep down she was absolutely buzzing she was no like, to, to be, there, to there's be, no way she couldn't have been no to be fair to her she, she was sat in the uh, in the the the, 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 uh, the pub in or, or the bar in, in in the hotel back in Santorini watching the game and I think she was like the only Luton fan so to speak in in the bar there, there was, a, there was a, a family that were from Coventry not necessarily Coventry fans but from Coventry and it seemed like the whole bar were, were, were sort of chilling on Coventry. So when um, I think she, she, she said the story of when Joe Taylor scored that sort of that second goal that was that was ruled out, she got up and was cheering and sort of she was the only one in the in the bar cheering and she sort of thought, oh shit it was it was, it was disallowed. Um, but no bless her when, when Dad got back. Obviously she was buzzing for, obviously for, for them to finish off their holiday, but also buzzing for Dad in terms of the the, the, the sort of the, the, the two days that he had with me. Um, Yes, yeah, it still can't go over that, that, that the whole weekend, really. And moving on to the second game of the season, I didn't expect to see a home fixture so soon into the season, um, given everything that's happening at the moment with, with uh, the old bubble stand, the old executive boxes. It's Burnley. It's not very beautiful, considering we played them last year. Um, Vincent Company apparently loves Kenilworth Road. Didn't think I'd ever be saying that either. But what do you make of that? Do you see that as a good opportunity, you know, to, to you know, Burnley are a very good side. They proved that last season in the Championship and, and they could go on to do 
good things next season. But but again, thinking with the mindset that it's not one of the big six, it's a team that are not necessarily going to have high expectations, um, sort of European expectations, should I say. Do you see that as a good fixture, Jamie, starting with you? Um, I think on paper, I think you have to say if there are teams that we are going to finish above, if we stay up, then you've got to look at the sides that come up with you in terms of who's going to go down before Luton. You're probably going to say one off Burling or Sheffield United. Um, but having said that, I think I've spoken about it to a few, a few of you boys in, in recent weeks and also just others that I think if Kenworth Road is going to be our asset in the Premier League next season, what, what teams do you think are going to cope with that? That's going to be the teams that have played there recently. And I think Burnley know what to expect with the Kenny. So I think that will have less of an impact on the game. And I think if we beat them, it will be a footballing game and because we're a better footballing side than them, not because of the atmosphere that we generate. Whereas I think if we beat a Chelsea at home, it's going to be not because we're a better footballing side than them, it's because of, because of the atmosphere that, 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 that the Kenny will generate. So... I think, it, it, in all honesty, I think an easier game would have been like a, someone like a Palace, right? Where I think a team that that we, that we can beat, but also might not be not might not be used to that that environment. Um, but no, I mean it's, it's a team that you still back to beat. They're, they're, they're a very good side, um, by far and away the best side in, in in the Championship last year. Deserved to win the league. Um, probably deserved the points to, um, uh, record, if I'm being honest. Um, but again, it's it's not Man City, it's not an Arsenal, um, so it's it's certainly a game that you look at to get that, as a game that we can get points from. And Kieran, coming to you, Chelsea away, the third game of the season. Um, we all know what happened with Chelsea last season. Um, quite comical in a sense. Do you see that <clears throat> as a good time to play Chelsea? Um, of course, they're not going to be fully firing. We expect it to be a very busy window for them. Do you expect them to still be suffering somewhat of a hangover from, from last season and, and getting new players adjusted to Pochettino's system? Do you see the third game of the season being against Chelsea as being a perfect opportunity? I never thought I'd see the day that I would say the sentence, we could get three points off Chelsea in the league fixture. However, I was actually asked this question literally yesterday at work by a Chelsea fan. And he was like, yeah, guaranteed six points off you. And I think he expected me to just go like brush it off and be like, yeah, yeah. And I looked at him and thought, no, you're probably not wrong. Like, and the points that you made them about Poch coming in, again, players are going to be leaving. A lot of them, you'd think about eight to 10 personally, if you look at Chelsea squad, they're then going to bring in another eight to 10 because it's Chelsea. And like you said, they need time to gel. They need time to build a team again because they're bringing in this new manager who they trust on a long-term deal. Like you said, perfect time to play them, if ever. And at this point, knowing Rob Edwards, I genuinely back him to get three points. You think, you mentioned Brighton away. Of course, big game, first Premier League away game. But Chelsea, you think of Stamford Bridge, hostile, close to the pitch. It's going to, we're going to create a big atmosphere. And I think if we're going to sneak three points early doors and cause a shock on a big six team, Chelsea is the one. 100%. And Stephen, bear with me here. I've got, I've got the month of December coming up, to, coming up for you. We start Brentford away, then Arsenal at home, Kenworth Road under the lights. Then we've got Man City at home. We've also got Bournemouth away, we've got Newcastle at home, we've got Sheffield United away, and then we end the month with Chelsea at home. Um, you know, when we were uh, 10 years ago, we were playing against Hyde and all that, could you ever envision what was going to happen? I mean, yeah, like one of the things I was going to say is like that's the sort of thing you dream of when you're in that sort of position. Obviously, like, you know, you wouldn't have, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have said, you know, it would be... Bournemouth and Brentford in there, and um, Sheffield United, you know, maybe. Um, and, and no disrespect to them, it was just, it was just like no one would have thought that we'd be there either. So it's like, I just, yeah, I think it's one of those things where you just, it's the sort of thing you dream of with like, it's going to be a long month considering how many fixtures there are, but at the same time, it's kind of perfect because we've got sort of, you know, we've, we've done Bournemouth and Sheffield United away. Um, we've got Brentford away, which you know would be good to uh, play at their new ground, um, and there'll, there'll be some. You know, obviously, starting eleven isn't going to be anywhere near the same as what it was for the seven 0 loss against Brentford away. But 
there'll be some demons to sort of exercise there. Um, so I think it's, it's just, as I said, it's the sort of thing you dream of. And you think that is almost like a perfect, for me, it's like a perfect footballing month. Like, you know, you've got some some nice away days and some perfect home games and having Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle, Chelsea all at home within the same month is just, it's going to be incredible. And like, I, I, I genuinely don't see us losing every single game. Like, you know, other fans will look at that and be like, you know what? That's going to be like loot and like minus like 50 goal difference. But like, there's no way. Like, I, I reckon we don't, we don't come away from those home games without one win. And, and it will be, and it will, and it will feel bloody brilliant as well, especially for the Christmas month as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I think that is going to be like my favourite month of this season, unless Steven, unless we know. Stephen, mate, just be honest. Just just say you think that that can be a a twenty one point month. Just just say it. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> twenty one point month. There you go. I mean, at least the thing to take away from that is if we do get a 7-0 drubbing in there somewhere and it would probably be from City if it's to be from anyone whoever we're playing after is a guaranteed win it's always the way I mean that's the thing like, at home at home I don't see us losing 7-0 against anyone it won't happen oh, I, don't, so. I, I bloody hope not Stephen <laughs> yeah this is this is being uh, recorded by film today Stephen so if we do get beaten 7-0 by Man City at home your face is being plastered all over. The <laughs> <laughs> That's oh well. ending up on TikTok. Oh, well. <laughs> so we've spoken about the start of the fixture list. We've spoken about the middle. Now it's time to come to the end. The five last fixtures are Brentford at home, Wolves away, Everton at home, West Ham away and Fulham at home. If we are to be in a relegation battle... Do you see that as a favourable fixture list? We've avoided the, the so-called big six. We've got teams in there that, you know, could be in the same kind of position as us. We've also got a couple of teams in there that you'd expect to, to be on their holidays by then. Do you see that as sort of an ideal last five fixtures to potentially get ourselves out of danger? Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you were spot on in terms of not only teams that might be down there with us, but teams that could be on the holidays, right? I mean, Brentford, you'd, you'd bat them to be at least mid-table again. Obviously, depending on what happens with Tony for the first first half, half, the first half of the year. But you'd bat Brentford with five games to go, looking as if they're they're going to be safe, potentially fighting for Europe. But who knows? Um, Wolves away could be in danger, but certainly you'd think at, at the very least the season would, would be over because they're safe. Everton, for sure, you'd think they'd be in danger. And you think Everton at home, as our penultimate home game, third to last. Um, you think that you, you look at that now, and you think that could scream as a six-pointer. Um, so that that's that's a game that that's going to be pretty interesting. West Ham away, so a nice little London-ish derby in, t- in terms of West Ham away at the Olympic Stadium. It's going to be good, and then Fulham at home. So yeah, I mean, all, all five of those games are certainly winnable. Um, if we're in a position where we're we're fighting for points, which is probably, let's be honest, at this stage likely, um, that, that you probably could have asked for five better games to have as your last five games. Um, and yeah, I think in all in, in all honesty, I think seeing that that's given me a bit more confidence about staying up because I think when it comes to it, I think we, we could certainly get three or four wins from those five. One hundred percent, and and. Going on to, to the three of you now, um, of course, we, we've, spe- we've spoken about the start of the season, the end of the season, middle of the season. What fixtures for you? There's always a personal element to this, but but what fixtures were you looking out for? Um, we mentioned there, you know, the, the ones around Christmas that you always look out for them. But but who was the team home and away that you were you had more of an attentive eye for? I think for me... Mine's always been Man United. I'm not quite sure. And I think it's probably down to just having a lot of United supporting mates who have personally harassed me through secondary school for being a Luton Town fan. And even when we played them in the Cup a few years ago, I I was getting abuse left, right and centre then. Just like, yeah, well, it's going to be easy for us. All the usual stuff. Um, And it was the same thing again, because 
I've always been in the belief that one or two of the big six we're going to beat, and I believe we'll beat them away from home as well. Like I mentioned about Chelsea then, United slip into that category for me, and I would get no greater satisfaction than watching a Luton win at Man United and just going back to everybody else and being like, well, here we are. Equally, from a footballing perspective, Manchester is an incredible weekend away. So whether it's City or United, boys, we're going to have a wait of a time. I've, I've just, in that very moment, put a note to start saving money to spend in the Northern Quarter after we get three points at Old Trafford. So I've just, just because I know that's going to be a, a fun night out if, if we do that, mate. So um, beers on you. Um, yeah, say no more. I mean, we know a couple <laughs> of people from Manchester, so yeah. we can get something get something in the books, that's for sure. I'm sure Jamie has it planned already to to, to <laughs> minute. But me? Really me? Planned? Never. Absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Stephen, in terms of what you were looking for? I know that you have a um, disliking for a certain North London club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, like I'm, I am really looking forward to way, uh, forward to where Spurs away because of the stadium. It's I've been there for the NFL, um, and it is incredible. And I think watching, I, I remember being there for the NFL like uh, October 2021, I think it was. And I was just thinking, like, imagine watching Luton here, and now, and now we are going to be doing it. And I just think that is going to be incredible because it's like. It is just a completely different sort of stadium to what you get like in in English football, really, because it is it is almost like it's built for NFL rather than for football. And so, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And and then I think like you know, you obviously all of the all of the top six at home is just going to be brilliant. And but I've got I've got quite a few Arsenal mates and Chelsea mates, so I'm like really looking forward to those those games as well but I'm yeah I think it's gonna be yeah (laughs) there's so many you can pick out it's just like it's gonna be a brilliant season whatever and can we just talk about that 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 Spurs away game right I mean that's Easter weekend you've got Spurs and Arsenal back to back yeah, oh, God. yeah, I forgot right. about that. Our uh, our bank accounts and and, and our, our our bodies like, it's like that's both away as well, isn't it? Yeah, away, yeah. So, so we've got we've got Saturday thirtieth of March, Spurs away. Tuesday second of April, Arsenal away. I that is that is brilliant. Obviously, Good TBC God, for TV, right? In terms of like the Spurs could be the Friday, Arsenal could be the Wednesday or whatever. But like like back to back aways over the Easter weekend and then the following week is the two North London ones and then if that wasn't enough for you then the following away is Man City as well so um... <laughs> oh beautiful <laughs> even better <laughs> wow wow Jamie what about you is there anything that we've just discussed well they've just discussed there that are we missing anything pretty much I think for me, getting away from the top six, I've always said Palace away was one that I, I was super excited for. I think Salas Park, a lot has been said about that atmosphere. I think in terms of, I mean, obviously it's, it's well known that I do a, a few European aways and in terms of atmospheres, it seems like that's a similar vibe. They've got an atmosphere that some, I guess, what, what I call more jealous fans would, would probably slate in terms of the way they have the, like the drums and they have like the tifos and they, they get they get that, that, that whole that whole in rocking and bouncing. But the atmosphere is going to be amazing again. It, it, again, in terms of the fan experience, right? It's a London away, London Bridge, so it's gonna it's gonna replace our our Millwall for, for, for next season. So that so that away is going to be amazing, and then it's going to be a again a proper football ground again looking forward to going to an Arsenal and the Spurs because they are, are in their own right it's amazing stadiums but Sudhurst Park is is proper right it's 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 the sort of the sort of grounds that 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 we all love in terms of that proper English football atmosphere um so that that one was what I'm looking forward to and yeah March the 9th um weekend is yeah be good I think I want to throw in there as well Everton away just because they are building the new stadium and I think I'm I'm really looking forward to that one as well, just because I want to see I want to see Goodison Park. Um, I'm gl- yeah, I'm glad we've got that in September. Yeah, because I was I was thinking like if if we uh if we didn't get promoted, I'd want to go to an Everton game just to see the stadium. 
because um, you know I, I feel quite sad that I never got to see um, the bowling ground. Um, I wish that was a, a game that we could have had away before it got knocked down. But um, yeah, I'm glad we're getting uh, Everton away before that gets knocked down as well. And then you know, hopefully we'll get an away game at uh, Bramley Moor Docks before it's underwater as well. Uh, also, I'm aware that. that... Also, I'm aware we're starting to name every everybody fixture on the fixture this year as well, but further away. Oh yeah, like like, <laughs> like, like Birmingham aways are usually good aways in terms of the again the fan experience, like the pubs and the they're going up. But Villa again, Villa Park again, a proper football stadium. That's yeah. But I'm going to stop stop there because we're naming basically every 38 games of the game that we're looking forward to, apart from Bournemouth. I'll go out on a limb and say Bournemouth because we've done it already, just to be boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, Stephen, you said Everton. Um, Everton, Liverpool for me, for, for my connections going back to uni. Um, and then birthday weekend is Newcastle away. So it's well, just going to be... Chelsea's uh, mine, Yeah. If it makes you feel, yeah. I've got Burnley at home on my actual <laughs> birthday. <laughs> well done, you turn 25. What can we give you? Burnley. There's always one. There is mate, always one. Mate, mate, mate. You, so you're saying your birthday present is the first ever Premier League game at the Kenny. Fuck who is against. That, that in itself is going to be good. Yeah. See, when you said that to me the other day, I did think about it and I went, yeah, that does soften the blow a little bit. <laughs> that that quote I just said then and we give you Burnley is meme just, potential already. Just wait until Sky <laughs> pick that for Monday Night Football so it's not actually on your birthday and, you, and you've got to travel up on a Monday night. Swings <laughs> uh, around about some <laughs> <laughs> we are going to head into a little break now but we'll be back to talk all things transfer rumors. picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mug delivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year beyond the pitch beyond the results we're here to connect fans getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans we're a team with two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We are back for the second half of today's episode. We're on to the transfer rumours that have surfaced already. Luton haven't signed anyone as of yet, but the rumours are flying. It's quite hard to group all the, the rumours we've had so far. It feels very weird that the transfer window's been open only a matter of a couple of days and there's been maybe, what, 10, 15? Well, actually, we'll go through them, so we'll, we'll find out. But But starting from the very start, um, the, the first rumours to surface were about Cody Drummer, Nakamba returns for them, and another potential return was, was Kean and Dewsbury Hall. Um, quickly going through those three, um, I come to you, Stephen. How do you assess them in terms of likeliness of, of coming true um, with Drummer, Nakamba, Kean and Dewsbury Hall? Do you think any of them are uh, likely? Do you think they're all a little bit too far? What do you think? I think if we're going to go for it, like the, the most actual realistic, I think it's going to be Nakamba because they've, you know, Aston Villa are, are doing really well. And considering they sent him out on loan to us, I don't think it was just, just to get a little bit of game time. It was sort of like seeing, you know, can, can a club, you know, sign him. Um, and I think we're, we're sort of in a position to do that now. Um, and with Leeds going down, I think that means Drama's got a, a little bit more of a chance to get into the uh, the starting eleven for Leeds. Um, but at the same time, it depends on their recruitment and, and, and what they do and does he fit the, the system. So it's it's a you know a bit of a tricky one. But I see I see Keenan Jewsbury Hall as like the least likely really because I think you know he's, he's 
he's been playing really well since since he left us. Even with Leicester doing quite badly in recent times, it's like you, you can sort of see that he's a good Premier League player. Maybe not like you know the top end of things, but you know he is he's got the quality there that could slot into almost any team in the Premier League. And you know, you know, as I say, any team, you know, back up for the top six. But you know, he's he's a good player, so I think maybe Nakamba is probably the most likely out of them all. And I think I would, I, I like to be proven wrong. And I was thinking at the time, like after a few appearances from the Canberra, I was thinking like, what does he give us that Campbell doesn't? But I've been proven wrong, so I'm happy about that, and I would love to see him sign on. Be a fantastic start to the to the summer if Nakamba is our first signing. Start as you mean to go on. Um, yeah, I can't really argue with that. You'd say Nakamba is the one that, that's most likely. You probably say it's it's more likely that he signs for Luton than he won't. Probably on the scale of things. Um, Drame, it's a difficult situation because there's so many clubs that are looking at him at the moment. Um, you, you think though that at Luton he'd have a very good opportunity of being first choice. Burnley are another team that are interested, but you know they've got some strong right back options. Leeds staying at Leeds is still a potential option, but in the Championship, could he could he want to test himself at that higher level? Um, there's also interest from Europe as well, so that's going to be an interesting situation to follow. We'll come to you now, Jamie. The next um, next group of players that I've got here, and it's the goalkeepers because we've been linked with a lot so far. Um, so we've got Begovic that's been linked. We've got uh, Mark Travis. We've got Tom Heaton. We've got Thomas Kaminsky. And we've got Lee Nichols. Um, this also ties in with the first poll that we put out. We, we put these names to you guys. And Jamie, before I reveal poll results, who would you want, um, assuming that we, we're going to probably take two, take two goalkeepers to the Premier League, um, who would be your go-to two? I mean, I think Everett is just showing some tactical ingenuity here. I think he's trying to start with six keepers and, and just trying to keep the clean sheet against City. I think that's the I think that's the only way you do that against City, isn't it? You, you start with, with six with six in goal. Um, <laughs> we get a Harry Ice. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, but no, I mean, I mean it's, it's it's an interesting one, right? I think you get a bit disillusioned a bit with keepers, right? Because you sort of look at ages and you think. Well, thirty. You think, oh, you sort of he's someone that's getting towards the end of his career, but actually, thirty for people's a good age. Um, and then, likewise, Begovic is what thirty-five. So you think, oh God, he's he's a bit bit ancient now. But again, like you've, you've got plenty of examples of keepers that have been playing into their forties. Um, I think on on the face of it, if if we're talking, we want Premier League experience who, okay, may not have played too much over the last couple of seasons, but still proved that he was a top goalkeeper when he was playing um, and brings that experience that we need. And you probably say Begovic. Um, again, yeah, I mean, he, he's been number two for, He's been number two to Pickford. I'm not sure where he was before Everton, but um, he, he certainly historically had, had a lot of um, experience. Was it Stoke? He was at for, for a lot of it. Um, I, I think it was Stoke. Um, and he, he showed in that period that, that he was a, a strong Premier League goalkeeper. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure if it means he comes in to be number one or whether he comes in to compete for number one or be, be back up. But I certainly think it, it, he would be a good signing for, for, for one of the two that it seems like we're going to, we're going to sign. In terms of the others, you've got Mark Travers again. Um, he, he was a good keeper in the championship, but I, I think it probably speaks a, a bit of volume in terms of Bournemouth have tried to recruit two or three other keepers in amongst that spell. I think they, they tried, tried to recruit Woodman in that second half of the championship. I think got, got a bit, I think got a one in and they've got Neto as well back in the last year. Um, so I think again, probably not too much, not too keen on Travers, but again, he's a good age. I think what's he mid twenties. So he's he certainly got a bit of a, of a ceiling that, that he could reach. And then in the others, you've got Lee Nichols, Kaminsky, again, all all good championship keepers. We, we all know what a pain in the arse Nichols was against us in the playoffs last year. Um, I don't know. I, just, I think for me, a lot of them leave a lot to be inspired, right, in terms of 
that none of them really stand out as yeah oh my god I, I really want that guy and as much as obviously I think the the um the, the, the sort of the, the rumour straight news came out today on us turning down the option to sign Horvath for one and a half mil you sort of think is Horvath much worse than any of those I think I don't know right it's, it's, I think it's, it, it's a tough debate to have and obviously let's have it right if, if you had had the option to sign Lee Nichols or Kaminsky permanently for five to six mil or Horvath for one and a half, what do you do? And I think, you know, I'd be inclined to, to stick with Horvath for one and a half and then get someone else in alongside him. I it, it, it's a really tough debate and I think I don't envy that, that recruitment team one bit because I think the goalkeeper position is probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest, to recruit for. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're, they're certainly having a, a, a tough time trying to decide need to go for it's a really difficult one it's, it's a situation that we've had quite a lot over recent years as Luton fans that fill in that goalkeeping department even back to the, the previous transfer window where I still went one way and, and Walton came in um, they've always looked to sort of strengthen that department we've not always um, you know we, we haven't really found the right man to come in in, in quite a while now um so yeah it'll be interesting to see how that that plays out of course there's probably 20 to 25 players on Luton's radar that that yeah. you know undoubtedly links will be drawn with with other goalkeepers you can imagine um but but coming to you Kieran from those names do you you uninspired well not uninspired but but do you feel that Luton could attract a better calibre of goalkeeper now that we're in the Premier League or, or do you look at someone like Begovic and think you know he could, he could be the ideal option to to help us in the Premier League? I think coming from someone that's always been sort of like getting on the back of people who don't rate Horvath um, seeing the fact that we turned down the option a little bit surprised a little bit not surprised like I've started to sort of see what people mean when they've said He's been so good because the defence have been so good. Like There is an element of truth to that. I think in terms of the names you've said, um, I was actually chatting to someone about signings the other day and we were sort of talking about scouting and things like that. And they were like, how far out does your scouting network stretch? Like, does it go global? And I was like, not really at the moment. Like, as such, like Sluger, fine. But we played them in a friendly, so we'd already seen him rather than making an effort to go and watch a player globally in a sense. So... The names you've said, like, yeah, they leave a bit to be desired, sure thing. But then you also have to look at it from an element of look at where our scouting network is currently sitting. If we stay in the Premier League, that's only going to continue to grow. But at this current time, that's probably all we can sort of look at and stretch to, probably, if not financially, in a sense. I think for me, with like a, a Begovic, is I think as part of like the, the the GK union that they call it, I think absolutely I would take him in a heartbeat. I think he'd be fantastic for that GK union. Um, but I just feel like at some point you, you need to take a gamble on someone for the longer term. And I think that's what we haven't done too well in recent years. We've not, I mean, okay, I guess with Sluger we did to an extent, but I, I, I don't know if he still, I still don't think he was a, a signing that we thought could, could step up to the Premier League. I think, if, if we look at it on the face of things, if we were to get Begovic, do we take a risk on someone like a Michael Cooper? Well, I think like Saints last year took a massive risk on, on Bazunu jumping up from League One Pompey to the Premier League. And I think in hindsight, that was a massive mistake to rely on him to be the, to be, to, to be the, the number one. But could, could we take a risk on like a Michael Cooper to be our number one? And then, it, and then if, if it doesn't quite come through, then we've got a, an experienced head in Begovic to to step up and, and sort of replace him and, and see us out for the season. I just feel like that could be the route to go down. Because I think if ultimately, if Mark, if Cooper does come in and he, and he aces it, and I think that's number one sorted for at least a few seasons, potentially beyond that, right? Um, I just feel like I, I don't want to go down the route of getting a Begovic and then, and then, a, and then someone like a Nichols, who's also 30, because then that, then you have to be, then you're going to have to review it again in a year or two anyway. Whereas if you take a, take a gamble on a Cooper, that's someone that you can have in this, that you can have for, for five five plus years. I think you might um, have perfectly just summed up the idea of why Begovic and Travers are both in the same story in terms yeah, yeah. of links, because 
you mentioned then about Travers, he's still quite young. I want yeah. on, on a guess, yeah. I want to say he's like twenty five, give or take. Yeah, I think, I think. And all, albeit he's been second choice to Neto, and I think that's where the sort of slight bit of gamble comes in because he has played Premier League football, to my knowledge, and he's looked out of places at times. But then is that an age thing? Because when he was playing Premier League football, that would have been at twenty two, twenty three, not twenty five, twenty six. So then is that sort of the gamble they're thinking is we have Begovic, who's this experienced keeper in an ideal world, might be the number two in that equation compared to Travers. But then it's that backup option of if Travers isn't quite there, we know we're guaranteed sort of this reliable option then as number two in Begovic. Jamie nicked my my um, <laughs> edgy comment where I thought that, that Mike Cooper would have been a very good option, but yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Something like a, a Begovic, um, Travers, or a Begovic, um, Cooper, sort of duo. I think that would be the the way to go. Of course, there's a lot of keepers out there. Um, as Kieran alluded to, we don't really know at this point how far our scouting network goes. Um, but yeah, something to definitely keep an eye on. We'll go to the next group of players, and here I've got the. the sort of players that we've seen at championship level over the last couple of years. Alex Scott, Chubarakpom, and, and on those two, um, I saw a lot of comments online about, you know, of course, why, why Luton even considering that. You have to, to keep tabs on players like this. I'm not saying we can land them. With, uh, I'm not saying we can meet the valuation that two clubs will be looking for. But so often where, where teams are scanning for these types of players that end up going for, for different players and, and it sort of creates this element of desperation for these clubs needing to sell certain players uh, to be in a position where, you know, I'm not saying it's likely that we'll sign any of these two because the price tag is very high. But if there is a point that comes where these teams are getting quite desperate to sell, Luton could then swoop in and come to an agreement Um to write these players off because of a price tag, I think would be completely wrong. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think uh, I'd like to see what you guys think. I don't think they'd come off at all. I don't think it's very likely that we'll pull off an Alex Scott, a Chibrak Pomp, but I think we have to be in the hunt. We have to keep tabs on these situations. I, I think that's an interesting point in terms of Alex Scott. I'd, I think. At this stage, no, absolutely not. There's no chance we're spending 15 mil on that one. Alex Scott, I think probably 10 is probably going to be our, our, our tap out point. Um, but then who's to say that come mid August, Bristol City don't think you, you know what, let's, let's take 10 and just let's just try and reinvest in, in the squads. I think I, I wasn't at, at the, uh, the the release breakfast, but I was told of someone who was. And I think Gary Sweet, I guess, it was implying that they've got their targets and that that they will wait as long as they need to to get the targets for the right cost. I think the reason why we've not heard too much at the minute is I think the transfer market is ridiculous right now. Clubs asking for stupid stupid money, agents asking for for, for, for stupid stupid fees, um, and that's not that's not going to be like that all, all all for six six weeks. That that's going to calm down, and it it might it might take until the last two weeks of August. And if it does, so be it. Ultimately, we've got our squads as it is right now. Can it start the season? Yeah, fine. Obviously, we'd love to get the camera and drama in before that. So we've got basically our, our squad that that went up last year as a place to start start the, the Premier League next year. Um, but it, then, if, if we can add to that in, in in the back end of August for players at the right cost, not for 150 percent of the cost that we're willing to pay or, or what they're worth, um, then so be it. If, if it means waiting four weeks. So, using Alex Scott as an example, Bristol City right now are asking for 15 million quid. We're like, we'd love him. He probably is going to attract a top half Premier League side at some point. Um, is he worth 15 million? Probably. Do we want to pay it? Probably not, because we, we, we can't really afford to spend that much money on one player right now. But maybe if it comes to mid August and that top 10 side hasn't come along and paid 15 million for him, will Bristol City accept 10 mid August? Do we pay 10? Yeah, probably. I think for someone of of, of Scott's ability of, of of what he can do. Um, so as you say, you keep tabs on the player. He's a player that we absolutely would love to have with us. He's a fantastic player. 
he's, 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 he's almost in that mold of like an Eze where he came up from, from the championship and everyone knew he'd, he'd reached the top and, and obviously Eze made his debut on, 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 on Friday. Um, so I think for, for 10 million quid come mid-August, if that was if that was possible, then I think we'd jump at it. But right now, 15 million, probably not. You're, you're, on, you're on mute. It was on mute. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen one day. I knew that was going to happen one day, put myself on mute and not talk. I always get cautious about it. But going on to the sort of next group of players here, Kieran, Joel Latibodier and, and Chidoze Ogbene, um, two players that are going to be free agents. Um, Latibodier, um, centre-back by trade, that's played a lot of games at right-back. To me, seems a very, very Luton signing a free agent, bringing somebody up from what is now the league below. And then Ogbene, um, uh, he injects a lot of pace, intensity, um, very skillful. These are two signings in my head that are, that are very Luton-like and ones that wouldn't surprise me if we did get over the line. Yeah, I think I agree with Joel's signing. For me, we need strength and depth for the back. I mean, he's a free agent. I know there was a lot of people that when we were linked with him, instant uproar, it felt like on Twitter, like he's not good enough, this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, like he's a young 23-year-old centre-half who can also play right back. He's a versatile player. From what I've seen of him, he can play the ball quite well. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I've read up on him loads. Um, when it comes to Obene, similar profile of striker to what we have currently. Um, and... It would be really easy for people to say, oh, he couldn't make the step up. But remember when they said that about Eli when we signed him from League 2 to the Championship and he made the step up almost instantly. So I don't want to rule out either of them. And at the end of the day, there's going to be... There's players who have left the club and need replacing in some way, shape or form. And a couple of shrewd free signings here and there, they are going to make the difference in terms of adding that depth back to the team. And... Stephen, for the last player of this sort of championship section, Tahith Chung, he has teared us a new one before. He's a very good player with a high ceiling. Um, of course, he's going to cost a fee if we were to pursue him. Um, do you like him? Do you think he's a player that, that could move to the Premier League with Luton Town? I know he's a winger by trade, but he played a lot more, more central this season. Um is he somebody that you could imagine running out at Kenilworth Road? I when when he played against us in that um, that awful home game against them, I I loved him. Like I I hated it, but I was like sat there thinking like if if there's ever a chance we get a chance to sign him, like we take him, we have to because he he looked brilliant that day, and I think my my rating of him hasn't gone down at all since then, and I think. You know, with with Birmingham being how they have been recently, it's you know you sort of argue that maybe he's he's not as good as what he was back then because the quality. But at the same time, like I reckon he's someone that I would I would love to see us sign, and um, I think it's not a bad sign either because it it would you know there'd be a fee for him, but I don't think it would be like a a large fee, I think, because of the the situation that Birmingham are in, they're sort of going to be looking for looking to get any money in that they can. Um, so it's it's something that I I, I sort of hope we uh, take a chance on. But at the same time, I'm like, where does he fit in? Really, are we going to start playing with wingers, or are we going to you know stop? Or we're going to have him coming into the midfield? But then where does he fit in if we've you know, but with our current midfield as well, like does Clicker come out? Does does Pelly come out? Does you know does Camp come out? If we sign the Camp, does the Camp come out for him? It's sort of like where where would he realistically fit in? And so, yeah, it's it's a tricky one, but I I would like to see him sign, and but at the same time, I wouldn't want to see us throw eight mil on him and it not work out. So. It's got to be the right price, and um, yeah, I, I I rate him quite highly. But at the same time, can he do in the Premier League? We we don't know. I think he's that sort of player where you look at. Obviously, he's come from United and shown glimpses at United of being very good. Hence, why he was there for so long. And 
he's moved to Birmingham. It was quite surprising. He actually went on a permanent deal to me. I was one surprised they could afford it, but two surprised he actually chose to go there. Um, and you sort of said then, like, will he be good enough? Maybe not. But I think there's a lot to be desired with players who show good glimpses in a lower league. And you often think, especially of a player like that, when they show those glimpses of quality, you think, what if you put 10 better players around you? What happens next? And I think he is like the perfect example of that player where that Birmingham team is not that great. That sounds horrible to say, but it's not. And you then look at us now and you look at the squad that we're building and the trust that we'd have in Rob to build this incredible squad to try and fight for Premier League survival. And I think put Chong around 10 better players comes under the category of shrewd and very underrated signing. Yeah, it's an interesting one. That is an interesting one. Yeah, I'm I think that play out as well. Wasn't didn't he spend a lot of the season out injured? Um, I, I think that was on, in his loan season. I think he did, but according to this season, he made thirty-eight appearances. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, no, I was going to say I just there was there's a little bit of you know sort of thinking there of like would, would he turn out like a bit like an Izzy Brown, and you know, same he spend half the season out injured, but. To be fair, if, you know, if he's got the ability to make the, to, to not be injured so much, then yeah, it's sort of like a, could be a bit more more um, attractive than than first thought. We'll go on to the last two players for now. Um, more of the more of an experienced duo here of Andre Ayew and, and James MacArthur. Um, of course, Lansbury departing. MacArthur is he somebody that that has that similar kind of influence in the changing room going up to, to Premier League level. Andre Ayew, a player that has performed very well at championship level before, but but where is he now? I guess that's the question um, that can't be answered because he hasn't played a lot of football in recent times. I'll, I'll come to you, Jamie. Andre Ayew, James McArthur, what are your initial thoughts on, on those two links? Yeah, I think it all comes down to it depends, right? I think in a scenario where we signed the camber, and we have MacArthur there as a squad player, as a backup, as, as someone you can add to the dressing room. And I think, yeah, fine. I think, as, as we, we all know, what Lansbury brought to the dressing room, I think he um, certainly behind the scenes helped, helped the squad. So I think if MacArthur can have that same impact, then great. Um, so yeah, I've got no qualms with it. If we have someone like a, someone like the Canberra or or someone similar or better than than the Canberra in in sort of as like a first choice, and then on are you again? Didn't really get too much game time at Forest, but then they signed what a thousand players, right? So, so, so who did? Um, and then I think, yeah, he's, he's shown his ability at, at, at the Premier League level. He's had Premier League experience. Really come in and expect to be first choice. Who knows? I think if the answer is no, then great. Then I think he can he can play in a, in a number of roles. He can play up top in the two. He can play probably behind. He can play out wide if we choose to, to switch up um, and probably could you play in one, in one of the eights behind behind the front two I think he, he could probably give it a go so he, if, if he's willing to come in and, and accept that he may not be first choice and has decent wages and uh, uh, yeah I think I think he, he would add, add to the squad he, um, he, he, he could certainly fill in in a number of roles and yeah Go on now to a question that, that Jamie sneakily sent in to me whilst we've been doing this. Uh, so I do think he's going to have a, an answer. Um, <laughs> we'll ask him first. Um, no, 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 no. Just, just I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Stephen and Kieran think, and you, Bill. So you go first. Oh, okay. Um, one. So the, the question is: one player that hasn't been linked with Luton so far. That would make a good signing. Um, realistic as well. What, what, realistic, what one player yeah. would you love Luton to sign this window that has not been linked, but is also realistic? I thought of one earlier. Kieran, I'll come Kieran. to you. Then. So I was thinking centre backs earlier, and I was sort of like, <laughs> is there somebody that like you could pick up fairly cheap? who's been trusted in big situations with a team that finished highly in the same league as us last season. And when when Coventry signed this player, I thought, how have we missed out on him? Because he'd be pretty good because he's still quite young. And I'm convinced that now, after the season he's had, he'd 
if we were to put in an inquiry for him, it would be a relatively low fee and he'd be a good option at centre-half. And I thought of Jonathan Panzo. English, young, left-footed. I think you sort of have the opportunity to be a bit versatile in the sense that if he plays the middle of the three and say you have Lockyer the other side or you want him to play left side and then that frees up Bell, for example, or frees up Doughty to push further forward, you've got those limited like sort of options there where Bell's done such an incredible job, dare I say, as a makeshift left centre-half. I feel like we may have basically converted him at this point. But in terms of depth, in terms of someone that is still young enough to make the step up, Panzo was one that randomly comes to my head and I, I've justified it to myself over the last 24 hours. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Right right down until you said the name, I was thinking you were going elsewhere. I was thinking you were going to go Luke McNally. Um, I, I did think about Luke McNally. However, he, correct me if I'm wrong, was on loan from Burnley, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I wasn't I sure if they'd want to keep hold or not. I don't think so. I don't think no. so. There's a lot of centre-backs ahead of him and they're only going to recruit more. They, they yeah, do a good point. recruit a lot more and I think they paid two million for him. I don't think he'd be... I don't think his stock would have risen that much more. I don't think he'd be no. unattainable. So um, that's, another, that's another shout. Uh, my yeah. one, also thinking championship centre-back, um, Daro Shea at West Brom. Um West Brom reportedly willing to to sell sell him. Um, they'll probably have a high price at the moment, but the fact they're willing to sell probably shows a little bit of desperation that they need to try and raise some funds. So I think if he's within price range, I think he'd probably be say a range now of six to eight million. I don't know how realistic that is. I'll let I'll let Mister Jamie Castle be be the judge there. It's his question. But yeah, I'd go Daroche. I think he's somebody that he, he might fall just out of price range, but but he's someone that I think that could do a very good job at Premier League level. Stephen, what about yourself? See, my my knowledge of players off by heart just isn't the same as as your guys. Like I. I can't just pull up someone in my mind that I'm like, oh yeah, like I think we should uh we should sign. Um okay, okay, I mean, like, how, how, how about you judge Kieran and Buddy's um choices so far then? Do you deem them realistic? Do you do, do you think that they're good enough for the Prem? Do you think that, that they're their players that, that we should go after? I mean I mean Bill makes a good point of like, you know, looking at someone that is sort of um been been put up for sale really, it's um it it could be quite a quite a good signing, but at the same time like in reality, are these are these players gonna it, you know, if West Brom are putting someone up for for sale and they're, you know, a, a decent championship side, it, like yeah, they might be looking for funds, but at the same time, like, is that player really going to be good enough for for us, or should we should we be looking at someone a bit better? Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely too sure, to be fair. I think with the O'Shea call, I think it's I'd say wary on the side of caution when it comes to the fact that they're going to be in a lot of financial trouble. So I think it might be one of those where, like Jamie alluded to it then about the Alex Scott deal sort of before Daroche is only sort of up for sale maybe because it's like yeah he's one of our potentially one of their better options but they're also like how desperately do we need six to eight million quid probably a lot more than we need O'Shea at the back so here we are in that respect yeah fair enough Jamie did you have one in mind when you sent over that question yeah of course um I think for me it's, it's an interesting debate because I think you both brought up centre-halves there, which I think is completely valid. Um, and is at the point where Amari Bear has been unbelievable for us and absolutely deserves to start the Premier League season, without a doubt. But it comes to it where you, ultimately we need a left side of centre-half, right? We, we can't, like, we, we, we need someone there. Um, so it's that, it's that bracket of someone that, you don't want to go too big to start over Bell because I think that's unfair on Bell. I think Bell, Bell deserves to start. But equally, 
like I think the Panzer shout, by the way, is brilliant. I think someone that would come in and would, would play number two to Bell to start with. I think Bell starts the season and someone that Panzer is of the age that could certainly step up and, and go beyond Bell at some point in the future. So I think that's a good shout. Um, I think for me, similar mould. And I, I saw something where he's potentially available currently at, currently at, at Everton because um, they're, they're cash-strapped. Um, Kieran knows him like because we, we, we've seen him twice now at PSV. But I already but Jared, know where this but, is going. But, but Jared Bramthwaite, I mean, he's twenty. Um, he's he, he, he knows of Luton very well. He's obviously Carlisle Academy, so he's he's almost had a similar path, but he's obviously a, a much more fast track path as um, the, 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 than what we've been on. So I think in terms of personality. Um, He's a very humble, down-to-earth guy. I think he's, he, he certainly fits the Luton mould in terms of the the softer side side of the game, in terms of the personality and sort of his his humility. And fundamentally, as a player, he's he's twenty. He's, his ceiling is massive. He's just played a full season in the Dutch league, which is now what the fifth best league in Europe because they've got an extra place in 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 European football. They finished second with PSV. He's played European football. He's played in some. Tough games. Uh, me, me and Kieran saw him against Ajax, um, and he, he was brilliant. Um, so there's, there's no doubt in his, I guess, his, men, his mentality during the game. Um, he can play left of a three. He can play mid, middle of the three. Cost-wise, probably again that same six to eight million bracket that that O'Shea is available for. Wages-wise, probably again fifteen to twenty k. That same sort of bracket. So I think financially, it's certain, certainly realistic. And again, if we sign him, I think he's of that of that ability where absolutely I think is his ceiling higher than Amari Bell? Yeah, definitely. I think Jack Jared Bramford will probably reach a higher level than, than than Bell will. But in the here and now, in in the next season, I think he would certainly probably be happy with fighting for Bell for that spot. And he can play left and middle, so he he, he can fight he can fight with both Lockyer and with Bell. And it gives us that that balance where if Bell or Lockyer can't st- step up, then we've got someone that probably can step up just behind as well. So I think that sort of signing, that sort of fee, I think for me that would be. I think that that, that for me is a is a, almost a, a perfect Premier League signing for us in terms of someone that has a massive ceiling, is a good age, fits the Luton mould, fits the finances. Um, yeah, if if I found out tomorrow that we signed him, I'd, I'd be able to move. See, that's the, that's, that's the one player that came to my mind when you were bringing this up. And I was thinking, like, do I do I say it or am I just going to look like an idiot without, like, that much to say about him? And then, because you were talking about it the other day and I was like, do I, do I bring him up? Mm, nah. <laughs> not, rea- not realistic, really. And then you I think it is realistic. In. I think it is realistic. Yeah, I mean... That's the thing. As, but that's the thing. I was like, I don't want to say things without knowing too much. So, yeah. But I was like, that that, that the name came into my head because you know, I, I was there for one of the games that we saw that you guys saw him. I was there at PSV, and he, you know, he's someone that could be quite attractive. I think there's also like I made the comment about O'Shea a minute ago in terms of West Brom needing funds. Everton are in the same boat, and I think if you going off for them six to eight million for Jared and the price is right for him and personal terms are fine. Like I think for me, if he's one that we sign, he's straight in the first 11. Um, I've never seen a centre half that young be so confident on both feet to a point where I'm sat there watching him thinking he's left footed. No, he's right footed. No, he's spraying balls left, right and centre with both feet, like with confidence. It's not often you get that sort of player and He's quick for a boy that's sort what six six, yeah, he's six six. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a reason Everton took him from Carlisle so early on. There's a reason he was at PSV for a season. I if he's the sort of player that's up for grabs, I think Gary Sweet's got to snap your hand off for that. Yeah. And it comes with resale value as well, doesn't it? Massive, massive resale value, which oh, huge, huge makes it an attractive option. You think of. Looted by Joe Taylor for what was reported to be around 600k um, figures that you don't really associate with Luton, especially buying players from from young uh, or from the the depths of the football league. When they come to resale value, they they 
you know, there's so many, so much potential, sorry, for, for that to reap rewards in the future. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if a player of that calibre at this stage of, of their career comes in. Um, yeah, be interesting to see if, if that happens. If a link gets drawn, you know where it came from first. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie, you've given us a good uh, sort of parting question for, for listeners today. Um, one we can pose on social media. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what our listeners think. It's realistic. Um, start a, a good discussion, I'm sure. Well, that is all for today. A big thank you to the three of you for joining. Kieran, very good debut. Cheers for coming on. You're welcome. Um, we're looking forward to having more of you in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, our socials are Twitter at Oak Road Hatter, on Instagram, Oak Road Hatter Pod. On YouTube, of course, Oak Road Hatter. And there's a lot more as well. Just type Oak Road Hatter into it. <laughs> we're on it. Bar, bar TikTok. I'm sure we're on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, that's something to uh, keep the uh, Watch this space. Through. Watch this space. But until next time, it is goodbye from us. Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.